0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Dangerous pursuit. Tell you about Southern California comes to a crashing end here. Police say the chase started yesterday afternoon in Glendale, and it ended like this. one point, the driver went almost 100 miles an hour over some freeways, the chase continued into this residential area. lost control, as you saw there, flipping over, smashing utility pole, snapping that in half. Around 2,000 people in the area were left without power as a result. Police say five people were inside that car. Huge police presence trying to get them out and keep everybody alive there. Four were taken to the hospital.
1: And what was the crime that they had committed in the car, the people they were chasing down? I don't know. Do we know that, Hanson? What were, what were they chasing them for? What had they done? Because that's a a tough one. You know, that's a conundrum, the whole high-speed chase. 100 miles an hour driving like a lunatic through a residential area. Boy, unless you're a mass murderer on the loose or like a gun in your hand and you've sworn an oath to kill someone today, is it better to chase them at 100 miles an hour through a residential area or let them go? On the other hand, if you let bad people know that, hey, if you run from the police, they'll let you go. Yep, that doesn't work either.
0: It's a tough one. No doubt. Yeah. So coming up, and I'm not joking, has Biden done something impeachable? What? Serious people are asking seriously. Stay with us.
1: I hate to do this on a Friday. It makes your eyes glaze over. Um, my, my sense is people aren't interested in this, but it's so important and such a big deal. There are no fiscal conservatives left in America. Neither party represents that ideology. We are going to destroy ourselves as a nation. In the same way you can destroy yourself as a human or a family. Wow, Debbie Downer. By, by, by spending too much. We'll destroy yourself financially. The GOP's bad infrastructure deal. This is from Kimberly Strassel in the Wall Street Journal. I linked to it because Britt Hume, who I really like on Fox, said this is depressing. And linked to this article in the Wall Street Journal. It isn't just the Biden administration that is keen to redefine the term infrastructure. A growing number of Republican senators are getting in on the act and more fool the party. Uh, I'll get into some of the details here, but the the long and short of it is uh, enough Republican senators realize, look, this thing is likely to pass. A lot of money is going to get thrown around. Some of it is going to get thrown our way in the state I live in. There's nobody out there that really cares about the debt.
0: So, and they're seeing the strategy calling everything infrastructure working. A
1: bipartisan group of 10 senators last week finally released the 2,702 pages of their infrastructure bill, explaining that they'd worked day and night to finalize the legislation. They touted their work product as historic investment in hard infrastructure that will create good-paying jobs. All those things are in quote quotes from Kimberly Strassel. As well, the GOP members of the group might. Infrastructure sounds a lot better than spendathon, thon central planning, corporate bailouts, Solyndra, and Green New Deal, all of which are the real descriptions of this behemoth. Polls show a majority of Americans support the idea of infrastructure spending, so the bill takes care to lead with items that most people associate with that term. Highways, bridges, tunnels, ports, waterways. Yeah, according to a breakout from the nonpartisan... Um, uh, Responsible Federal Budget Committee, those provisions, the hard infrastructure that we think about, bridges, roads, etc., accounts for about 23% of the bill's $548 billion <laughs> in new
0: spending. You know what's funny? It's almost a quarter. I was relieved that it was that high. That's how beaten down we are. <laughs> 23% of it is the
1: stuff that you call infrastructure, and Republicans agreed to this. Sure. Of the bill's five hundred and forty-eight billion dollars in new spending, public transit gets thirty-nine billion, and uh, Amtrak gets sixty-six billion. That adds up to a hundred billion. Even though a very scant fraction of Americans regularly ride either one of them, then there's the twenty-one billion dollars earmarked for environmental remediation, whatever that is, or the fifty billion dollars under the catch-all category of climate resilience and Western water storage. Okay, yes, could be. Oh, good, wait a minute, but water storage could be good, but it depends on how it gets spent. And there's, there are no details in this. This is the classic thing that Tim Sandifer always talks about, giving a whole bunch of money you know, under the good things bill. And the giving Department
0: of climate, climate Resilience. And
1: giving it to a bunch of bureaucrats under the idea, now you go do good things, and they get to do whatever they want at that point with the money.
0: Such rules and regulations as established by the Department of, what was it, climate resilience? Yeah, climate resilience and western water storage. Hard to keep a nonsense phrase in your head because, you know, it's nonsense. The bill is better viewed as step
1: one of President Biden's Green New Deal, giving his appointees and federal bureaucrats tens of billions of dollars with which to remake the economy. I'll jump down here a little bit Um, uh, to talk about the amount of money that there is for so many different things that you wouldn't call infrastructure. Uh, the bill similarly gives the feds unprecedented and centralized control over chunks of the economy. Washington will now dictate rules in areas that have traditionally been managed by local authorities, such as drinking water, even as it muscles in on private sector enterprises like broadband. The bill turns Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg into an electric vehicle czar with authority to pinpoint, pinpoint new charging stations down to the mile marker, as we were talking about earlier.
0: Nobody and we've had listeners point out via email, uh, the free market did a great job of deciding where there ought to be gas stations for our entire history.
1: Yeah, that's the argument everybody's been making. Nobody, There was zero centralized planning, even at the state level, let alone the federal level, for
0: where you ought to have gas stations. And now the federal government's going to be in charge of your drinking water? Can you imagine if you have a problem petitioning Washington, D.C. to do something about it? gas stations popped up wherever it would be profitable to have a gas station because there was a desire for
1: them. I guarantee you there are going to be electric charging stations in the middle of states I've lived in, like my home state of Kansas, that never get used, that cost gazillions of dollars to put around these states. They'll never be touched. They'll just sit there gathering dust for years and years and years, and eventually somebody will uh, you know,
0: laugh about it. At the edge, edge of civilization, edge, edge, they say.
1: edge, uh, edge. I'll wrap this up in a second because it's not a fun Friday topic. Let's not forget corporate America. The Washington Post reports the bill has unleashed a lobbying bonanza with more than two thousand companies and groups engaging Washington officials on infrastructure this year alone.
0: Oh, I was just reading that article. The the hogs are heading to D.C. as fast as they can to stick their snouts in the trough. It's almost hilarious.
1: Uh, Yeah, and it's because of what we were just talking about. You've got billions of dollars that are being thrown at departments, and they haven't written at all what they're going to spend it on specifically. So you want to get in there and quick and say, hey, how about some of it for this?
0: Yeah, why don't we say that uh, X, Y, and Z is uh, infrastructure? Tell you what, we can deliver the votes and the contributions for the next three election cycles. Come on. So do you remember the Solyndra scandal? It was that was uh solar Obama. panels.
1: That was solar yeah. panels, right? And it was a uh, gazillions of dollars thrown at solar panels that turned out just just didn't work. It didn't work at all. Just just a sinkhole of money.
0: There the will, company went broke in the blink
1: of an eye. There will be so many of those in this that you never hear about because the 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 numbers are so large, you won't even hear about most of the
0: failures. Right. If you if I'm connected. And I get $50 million, say, for my company that's going to turn uh, clamshells into nuclear power. You know, just <laughs> whatever. Shells. Well, and then it turns out clamshells don't do a damn good a bit a bit of good. And they never could, and they never will. But I got the grant. I used it. And, oh, look at our corporate papers. They say that I'm not personally liable for the failure of the company. Oh, and looky here. I also paid myself $5 million a year as the CEO. By the way, Kimberly Strassel
1: points out in the Wall Street Journal. So while the authors claim the bill is paid for, in fact, it rests on gimmicks like the claim that by delaying a Medicare rule that will cost money, Congress is saving those dollars. These are the kind of tricks Republicans normally excoriate Democrats over. Most GOP members want wanted most new spending to be covered by unused covid funds. But the White House snarled and negotiators rolled over. So she's blaming all the Republicans that went along with this for uh, participating in Democrat-style tricks of hiding the spending on
0: this. If you're not familiar with this, we've gone over it in some detail with Craig, the healthcare guru. What Congress says is, all right, we need uh, $300 million for this program. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, starting next year, Medicaid will only uh, pay doctors three cents for open heart surgeries. Yes, yes, that's it. That will save us over $30,000 per surgery times the millions of Medicare patients. That's how we'll pay for it. But then, of course, next year comes. No freaking doctor is going to do a heart surgery for three cents. And so they postpone the rule over and over again because they never, ever intended to do it.
1: So the Republican Party is now the Democrat Democratic Party of my youth. And the Democrats are the Bernie Sanders Party.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say even of of like Twelve years ago.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, even 15, 20 years ago. So the Republican Party is the Democrats, the Democrat Party of Bill Clinton, and the Democrats are Ber- the Bernie Sanders Party, and that's where we yeah, are. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's where we are. Now. <laughs> Bernard Sanders. <laughs> Bernie won. Bernie Sanders won the election. Bernard I, Sanders. I, I read that article the other day, and I and I and I'd said it before. I think it's absolutely true. Bernie Sanders freaking won. He just yeah. won. Yep. He yep. And he cares
0: more about ideas than actually having the office, and his ideas won. Well, he might become the president, Jack, before you know it. And it has to do with the fact that Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. <laughs> what? According to some. You scoff, sir. Do you? Oh, you I, scoff at me? How I, dare you? I teased this earlier. I
1: can fill you in now.
0: All right. Um, I'll pay that other thing off maybe after the break. Um,
1: Forbes puts out a list of billionaires, it seems like, twice a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gets them more attention than the other stuff that they usually do. Uh, Rihanna is the most, is the wealthiest female singer in the world. I believe it's pronounced Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna? Yeah. Uh, she's now estimated at $1.7 billion.
0: I wonder, I would love to know what her revenue streams are. Because I know a lot of savvy entertainers, because you can't make money selling records anymore or CDs or what have you, and there hasn't been much touring. I'm guessing she has, like, a perfume and fashion and, and all sorts of stuff. I can tell you that
1: right now. Excellent. With her stake in her cosmetics company, because she is a there v- very beautiful human being. She is as symmetrical as human any human being
0: on Earth. And you can smear as much of her stuff on you as you want. You're not going to look like
1: her. No, you're not going to look like her and uh she's a young woman too where is their age she's in her early 30s uh yeah she's 33 years old with her stake in her cosmetics company valued at 1.4 billion so the singer of her 1.7 billion dollars 1.4 billion dollars is in her cosmetics company and uh, another 300 millionaire lingerie company i don't know if any of it has yes. anything to do with her music
0: No, she's just a name. She's an influencer. She's admired.
1: It says at the end, money from her music career also adds to her portfolio. So
0: yeah, she's well. She's
1: really attractive, and she people became aware of her through singing, and then she started selling
0: lingerie and uh, makeup. Yeah, and she's Mick Jagger's got to be looking back at his career, thinking, why didn't I pitch chapstick (laughs) and like come up with a I don't know a a shampoo for men? Yeah, yeah, he had
1: had great hair, so yeah, hair care products. That's where the money
0: is. You know.
1: That sort of thing. $1.7 billion. I mean, she's well into being a billionaire as a 33-year-old hot chick. Yeah,
0: yeah. These are odd times. Well, we'll soon have a new president or two. (laughs) Joe Biden will be impeached. Uh, Kamala will fail miserably, resign in humiliation. And her appointed vice president, Bernie Sanders, will become the president. How it all uh, happens, I will unveil next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Later this hour, we're going to have a story about a cop who almost died, not from taking fentanyl, but just from having touched it.
0: Wow. That's scary. Yeah, that drug is just, it's evil. It's Chinese evil. Chinese communist government turning a blind eye to fentanyl production and shipping to the U.S. because it's killing the great, uh, well, they don't call us the great Satan. The capitalist running dogs. Oh, you know who calls us great Satan? Iran. And
1: they swore in their new president yesterday. That is one scary dude that's now the president of Iran. And that's not getting enough attention. We don't do international news anymore as a as a country. We only, you know, focus on uh, other crap. But
0: yeah, he's a torturer and a brute oh. and a butcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, hey, this is from uh, is it Real Clear Politics or is it Politico? Real Clear Politics. Uh. Biden's eviction comments have created a constitutional pickle. You know, the ban on evictions because the covid that the Supreme Court said had to end the last day of July, quite specifically, without a specific act of Congress to extend it. It must end. Well, gang rapist. Judge Kavanaugh wrote the, uh, the opinion on that. Good Lord, sir. Good Lord. Never Forget. Forget never no. did anything
1: of the sort well my never my never forget is they never forget
0: what they called him right the, the incredible immoral railroad job yeah anyway so uh in spite of what the supreme court said uh the president and the cdc extended the ban in hot spots covid hot spots um and this is days after President Biden himself announced that the bulk of scholars say it's not likely to pass constitutional muster. So, Real Clear Politics asks, was it the view of the White House that this surprising step was unconstitutional but necessary? I didn't say that," said Jen Psaki uh, at Wednesday's briefing. Biden wouldn't have moved forward, she said, if he was not comfortable with the legal justification. Well, did well, you hear what Biden did? How he how he got there? He he told his people, "Call Lawrence
1: Tribe." So he's the Harvard law professor that's just always way out there on left the very of on the very yep. edge of constitutional to the left. So he knew the lawyer to call so he could at least claim there's one constitutional
0: lawyer that says this would be okay. Unbelievable. Uh, Real Clear Politics raised the question again Thursday with the president himself. And while he said he believes the new ban is in line with the law of the land, he could not answer for the Supreme Court. He said, uh, at the very least, the ban was necessary to buy runners some time. Quote, I can't guarantee you the court won't rule that we don't have that authority, but at least we'll have the ability to, if we have to appeal, to keep this going for a month, at least, I hope longer. In other words, he said, yeah, they said it's unconstitutional. We can't do it, but we're going to do it until they tell us to stop, because we want to which some people believe is a specific admitted violation of his oath to defend the Constitution. Well, to support, imagine, defend the Constitution.
1: imagine the coverage on this if, if Trump had said the same thing, done the same thing around some sort of
0: immigration uh, ruling right right exactly that's a great example well and then oddly enough joe biden grabbed the joe getty hymn book and started singing about the fact that there's 45 billion dollars in pandemic relief that's meant to help ease uh help leasers and landlords that's just sitting somewhere nobody's sure where nobody knows how to hand it out nobody's getting it everybody's panicking and so we're just extended in spite of the constitution lovely impeach him Impeachment oh boy another, right now another, right now another impeachment oh that sure sounds fun. Armstrong and Getty. the Armstrong and Getty show
1: This is why we do segments sometimes like a meal we're going to make you eat your vegetables <laughs> hearing some news <laughs> and then we'll give you dessert and the dessert is going to be a clip from a new movie I don't know if the movie's out yet or not or comes out in a couple of weeks actually new Clint Eastwood movie in which he stars in the movie directs and produces it he's 91 years old Boy, that's amazing. It's called Bronco Billy to The Awakening. What? Is
0: that what it's called? <laughs> I don't believe it is. Mm. Anyway. Man, even if it's a bad movie, that's just still astonishing that a 91-year-old has that level of energy and, and brain power. I assume.
1: No, the reviews are good. In fact, the, the reviews said if you can watch this trailer without crying, uh, we'll play the trailer for you coming up. Because who doesn't want to cry on a Friday? Sure. A um, couple of news headlines for you. The first provincial capital in Afghanistan is fall into the taliban that'd be the capital of one of the provinces of which they have many but this is i guarantee is
0: the first of many that will fall i'm just concerned the country may fall into a civil war a quote i keep hearing it's in a civil war it's like turn into a guy to antietam and saying i'm concerned our country is going to fall into a civil war what are you talking about that's an
1: excellent point thank you uh (laughs) head fish with human-like teeth
0: have been caught in north carolina it has got like three species in one there. It's already got a head like a damn sheep. Now it's got teeth like a damn human. You can't say sheep's
1: head fish to have teeth like humans. Um, President Biden is giving a speech right now, and he says 90% of the jobs that will be created in the big infrastructure plan will not require a college degree. Shovel ready. (laughs) Fool me twice. Shame on me. Comedian Kathy Griffin, who I used to consider one of the funniest people on the planet, because back in the day, man, her stand-up was hilarious. Then she turned all weird and political and everything like that and got her face operated on so many times you can't even tell she's not a sheep's head fish herself. With human Um, teeth. She's in uh, a battle against lung cancer Mm. and uh, told fans in a tweet today that she nearly lost her life last year to suicide. So, Wow. Yikes, Uh, that's a tough run. Going through some rough times there. So is this police officer. This is a troubling story. He didn't take any fentanyl. All he did was touch the fentanyl. Um, the accidental fentanyl exposure for Deputy David, and I'll pronounce his name, Favi. I'm going to go with Favi, Deputy David Favi. Uh, it, it was an overdose, and he was dying, and his partner caught on to what was happening very quickly, ran to the patrol car, and got that Narcan nasal spray that they use to turn around a uh, an overdose.
0: Yeah, wow. Well done, officer.
1: Squirted into his partner's nose and saved him life, but he was dying. And all he had done was test the fentanyl with rubber gloves on. Uh, he says, I remember not feeling right. Um, he, wore rubber, he wore rubber gloves to test the drug as there? Uh, instructed to do because this stuff is so dangerous, but that wasn't enough. He said, I remember not feeling right. then I fell back. He landed on his back, and then he was going into the death throes, and his partner realized it because they've seen it enough times. I don't remember anything after that. He recalls gasping for breath, his lungs locked up, and uh, his partner figured it out and saved him. but it the 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 drugs could kill you speech that parents have been given uh kids forever. More true now than it has ever been, because whatever recreational drug you get into, if it's got any fentanyl in it, you will die. You know, I possibly
0: die quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's impossible to get the dose right over an extended period. It's so powerful. So I'm sure I've heard this, but I can't remember. How does Narcan work? Medically speaking, what does it do? I mean, because that's miraculous. You take a, 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 a drug that can kill a thousand people with, you know, a, a single test tube of it. Actually, a test tube of it could probably kill 10 million people. But anyway, um, and, and you take this this Narcan that's like a do-over? How does that work medically? I don't know. I pretty, need to dig into that. Maybe I'll do that during the commercial. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And then this.
1: China has stolen enough data to compile a dossier on every American. Matthew Pottinger, former deputy national security advisor, warned Senate Intelligence Committee this week that China was looking to use the data had stolen from the United States and worldwide to influence and coerce everyone from political leaders to private citizens. The party now compiles dossiers, dossiers on millions of foreign citizens around the world using the material that it gathers to influence, target, intimidate, reward, blackmail, flatter, humiliate and ultimately divide and conquer. They've stolen enough, enough
0: sensitive... <laughs> can I sign up for the, the bribery and flattery, please? I mean, if you're using all of those tools, can I just can I opt for that? As opposed to the humiliation and blackmail? Yeah, I don't want the intimidate or
1: humiliate. I would like the flatter. Yes, please. Can I have the flatter platter, please? Um, Beijing has stolen enough sensitive data to build a dossier on every single American adult and on many of our children, too. Who are all fair game under Beijing's rules of political warfare well warfare, he said. Yeah. So the idea yeah. is that they've got stuff on on every American. So whatever you were doing in college or doing in business currently, or messing around on your husband, or wh- whatever you got out there, China knows it. And if they ever need it for some reason, and it could be anything, they've got that handy. On every American adults, and many of the children
0: in the country. That is amazing. Maybe you're running an underground guinea pig fighting ring, for instance. And by the way, we're having another uh, bout Saturday night at my place. So You train Just guinea park, pigs to park, fight park each other. Park at least a block away. Do they wear right? some sort of razor like, uh, cool. like fighting chickens do? Or uh... no, We sharpen their teeth. Like, Barbaric! Yeah, they're piranhas. They're furry, cuddly piranhas. It's not for the children.
1: Let me, let me read this sentence to you, and I don't think it's hyperbole, and I wish everybody would wake up to it. But the, direct, the former director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center provided testimony Wednesday to the Senate, and I quote, The existential threat our nation faces from the Communist Party of China is the most complex, pernicious, strategic, and aggressive our nation has ever faced.
0: I believe that is not the least bit hyperbolic.
1: I, it's a okay, simple statement of fact. I believe Chairman Xi would say, geez, they finally caught on. Wow. wow. That what, is what, what day is it? That is what we're doing, and it's what we've been doing for like 30 years, but congratulations for finally realizing that. Yeah. Going yeah. on to warn that China's efforts drive a comprehensive and whole-of-country approach to their efforts to invest, leverage, infiltrate, influence, and steal from every corner of U.S. success, and that it is estimated that 80% of American adults have had all of their personal data stolen by the Communist Party and the other 20% most of their personal data. Great, Scott. 80% all and 20% most? The Communist Party has of your personal data. What? Now, come on, China! China! What the blank? Well, I've been saying forever with all these big hacks that go on and, you hear them and I say, has anybody been damaged by this? Like, I don't know personally anybody that's been damaged by any of these hacks. You're about the Experian hack or this bank or whatever. And they got all your data. OK, so has that hurt anybody? I don't know anybody. Well, this is what's going on. China or Russia gets it and they're just waiting to
0: be able to use this if they ever need to. Well, that's a kick in the dumplings, isn't it? Would that be funnier or kick in the egg roll? I <laughs> like egg roll. Egg roll? Yeah, it's funny. I went with dumplings. I like egg roll. I was trying to decide. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to play you that Clint Eastwood trailer in a minute or two. And for protection, some people choose a rogue detective with a 357 Magnum. Others go with Simply Safe, this wonderful home security system. It's better than your expensive, complicated one that you've used in the past with a little yard sign. Simply Safe is the answer.
1: So this is how simple Simply Safe is. You go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's going to take you about two minutes to click around and customize the system for your home. It'll come to you in the mail. You'll set it up yourself. Take you about 30 minutes.
0: It's easy too. Don't be intimidated.
1: Oh, and there's help there for you. Not only do they have help for if you know you have a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, they have help if you're setting up the system. There's always someone there with your back to keep you safe and make sure you
0: feel safe. And listen to this. As our listeners, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system, 20% off, and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring services. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system and start protecting your home and family from burglary, fire, medical emergency, overdose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to get the info. These really are good folks. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: So apparently it's a prequel to Every Which Way But Loose in which, uh, Clint Eastwood adopts the young monkey and teaches it to fight. Is that what th- th- this movie That's is? That's not what I read. It's not a prequel to, to any which no, way I don't band? think so. Oh. I, don't, I don't think it is. No, the uh, movie is called Cry Macho, and the 91-year-old Clint Eastwood uh, stars in it, directs it, and produces it, which is amazing. Let's just listen to the trailer. You know how many people told me to just cut you loose? You going to say anything? Howard. No. Howard. I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man.
0: But you know, there's no reason to be rude. You used to be strong, natural. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now. Now I'll tell you something. This macho thing is overrated. Just people trying to be macho, show that they've got grit. That's about all they end up with. It's like anything else in life, you think you got all the answers. I'm Mike. Martha. And you realize as you get older, you don't have any of them. We all have to make choices in life, kid. You have to make yours. His name is Macho. Like me. Very strong rooster. Whatever. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I wants to name this cock Macho. <laughs> it's okay by me.
1: So he's a, a elderly, obviously a rodeo star. But God, he'd have been a rodeo star in the forties, right? If you're ninety-one,
0: <laughs> well, maybe not quite. But he's sent to Mexico to retrieve a, a boy for his father in America, or something like that. Yeah, but obviously
1: it has a lot to do with aging and looking back over your life and everything sure. like that. Which who's got more perspective on that than a ninety-one-year-old Clint Eastwood? Who I wonder. I wonder if any of that macho stuff. Like I don't know about his personal life that much but he made so many movies about being a macho guy and i wonder if he looks back and 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 thinks maybe that wasn't a good
0: idea or silly or i have no idea or at the very least he'd like to amend it here's a question for the good folks listening i can't be the only one well are you like this you're distracted by how much clint eastwood sounds like clint eastwood (laughs) He How does much a, He sounds like somebody doing an imitation of Clint Eastwood.
1: He does a great Clint Eastwood impersonation. Yeah, it's almost distracting. Well, he was fairly old when he was like doing like those Dirty Harry
0: movies. How old was he? Well, that was like early seventies, right?
1: Mm, well, they they lasted a long time. I remember watching them in the theaters in the eighties. So, but so but if you go back forty years ago, that's a long time ago. He was in a, his fifties, but yeah. a ninety one year old man. Yeah, you were in your fifties. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he was born in 1930. Wow. not incredible?
0: And his math is not difficult to do, but it's still stunning.
1: And, uh, yeah, and, and in, starring in the movie, producing and directing. And I have no idea how much work it is to produce or direct a movie, but i got to believe it requires a fair amount of uh, uh, time and attention. And just to be alive at 91, let alone the ability to, to do a job like it, is I don't know,
0: incredible. Top two Clint movies, because one is impossible, one's too few
1: um i 'm biased by the fact that it was on television just the other day, and I saw it but Outlaw Josie Wales is one of my favorite movies of all time. God, I love that movie
0: yeah that's that 's outstanding, although I tend to get the uh, the early the Spaghetti westerns mixed up i can 't remember which plot point was in which movie because they had some similarities.
1: Well, this is way later than that. This came out in '76 or something like that
0: All right, okay, yeah, yeah. Unforgiven is my favorite um Clint movie. And... Grand Gran Torino's way up there.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Cause I'm, I'm a big Western fan, and that's how I got introduced to Clint Eastwood. But Gran Torino's a fantastic movie. It's tough it, to watch. You know, It I never, is tough
0: to watch, it, but it's beautiful in its way. I've never seen Million Dollar Baby. Uh, I don't think I have either. God, that was that was one of the two most deceptively sold movies in the history of America. The other being the dog with cancer movie. What's it with the Jennifer Aniston? What was the hell of the name of that fraud? Marley and Me. Marley and Me. Thank you, Michael. It seemed like it was a romantic comedy of some sort. Right, the dog gets the big C and croaks. Great, thanks for that. And a boxer girl hit by a bus or something.
1: No, nah, I th- I think the most deceptively sold movie was the one that won all the Oscars. The one set in India. And if you watched the trailers, oh, you thought it was the
0: the Indian Slumdog Millionaire.
1: Slumdog Millionaire. If you watched the trailers, you thought it was the Indian version of Greece. Right? And they're all dancing and singing around, and a boy meets girl, and everything like that. No, it was. Uh, well, I'm not even going to say what it was, but it was horrifying. Yeah.
0: Curse you, Hollywood. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'll check out the Clint Eastwood movie. I'll absolutely watch it. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: There's a fracture in the Democratic Party over defunding the police, and it starts with progressive Cori Bush of Missouri. She wants to defund the police, yet Bush has spent $70,000 on her own private security. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up, and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets, because we're trying to save lives. One of the most nonsensical things. Actually, I heard Trey Gowdy say yesterday uh, on Fox, uh, former congressman. He said uh, that made the least sense of anything I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> I believe I understood all of those words individually, yet together they were nonsense.
1: I've heard uh, people say, is she a plant? Like, is she a Republican plant? Oh, made try- to
0: discredit Democrats. To
1: try to help them take back the house, because that's going to be in ads all across the country. That is a a, a Democratic congressperson saying, I don't care if I spend $200,000 on personal security, I'm for defunding the police, not even attempting to square those
0: two comments. Acting as if one was the argument in favor yeah, of the yeah, other.
1: Yeah, It just was, well, it was nonsensical, obviously. Yeah. Let's hear it one more time. That was weird. There's a fracture in the Democratic Party over defunding no, the police, a, and it a... starts with progressive Cori Bush of Missouri. She wants to defund the police, yet Bush has spent $70,000 on her own private security. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up, and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets, because we're trying to save lives.
0: And then we all individually pay for bodyguards. Okay, hmm. yay! It is what it is. I mean, it doesn't really require any more commentary. It,
1: it just—it it is exactly what it appears to be. It's someone saying something that makes absolutely no sense. It's the worst political slogan in the history of running for election. And uh,
0: go ahead, geez, who'd she beat? A canned ham? A dog? <laughs> I mean, in the election? <laughs> Holy crap! That's some nonsense. Oh, hey, real quick, uh, got a nice note from uh, police officer Josh, who is explaining Narcan. Narcan works by blocking the receptors that the opiate the opiate uses to attach to the body. Once the receptors are blocked, the opiate can no longer attach. Person wakes up and is in immediate withdrawal from the drug. It's a it's a medical miracle. I'll tell you that. Thanks, Josh, for the uh, update for the enlightenment.
1: We were talking about Clint Eastwood. I jumped on Wikipedia to, to look up some Clint Eastwood because he's got a new movie that's coming out in a couple of weeks that sounds pretty good. He's 91 years old. He was born in 1930 in San Francisco, California. Imagine what San Francisco he was. He was born when there were lots of people. Well, almost everybody around had lived through the 1906 earthquake. I mean, that's how old Clint Eastwood is. Wow, uh, and then he, of course, he ended up being the mayor of Carmel for a while. According to Wikipedia, he has at least eight children. There's a lot of dispute over a number of other kids out there from a whole bunch of different women. Um, his most, he's won all kinds of Oscars for, uh, for 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 really great stuff. But his most financially successful movies were the uh, driving around fighting people in alleys with the orangutan movies. Mm. Those were the ones that made him the most money. I Good didn't realize Lord. that. Does that not
0: tell you everything you need to know about humanity?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and he has uh, had a lot of really successful movies that he didn't star in. You might not remember he was behind. Letters from Iwo Jima, Mystic River, American Sniper, which, which set all kinds of box offer, oh, office yeah. records. He was a guy who was behind that.
0: So. But not as good as the fighting orangutan movies.
1: <laughs> the orangutan didn't fight. He just rode in the car. Clint Eastwood went around and bare, 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 bare-fisted fought people in alleys. And the ape just watched? The ape just rode in the truck and would signal Thanks for, for nothing. An <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.